Run and sip in Napa Valley this summer. The inaugural Wineshine Half Marathon and 3.9 Miler happens July 16 and features a post-race wine celebration like no other. Save $15 off registration with code AMR15 at wineshinehalfmarathon.org. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. Join today at thrivemarket.com slash AMR to get 40% off your first order and a free gift worth over $50. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Katie Snevice. Hello, Katie. Hey, Sarah. How are you? I am good. I am good. I just, um, you know, our recording studio doubles as our guest bedroom. And yes. um, so last week we actually had two guests. Um, mm-hmm. uh, my best friend, Chocolate, who lives in Catskill, New York, and her college-age daughter came out and spent their spring break out here. And I just found a note from Chocolate. I haven't been in the uh, studio slash bedroom since they left. And I just found a note from her. So I'm not going to read it yet because I might get a little teary eyed. Oh, how sweet is that? It's like a little love note she left for you. It is. And a bunch of years ago, because um, for a while there, they were coming out every spring break. She found a little um, uh, gift tag um and so she wrote a note that now hangs on my microphone and it says love you so and then a little heart chalk um, so sometimes that shows up actually in the videos that i make to promote the episode um and i just keep it there so anyway yeah we had such a good time and what do you guys do so like i said they come out for a while there they were coming out every year which was just fantastic and we started a tradition that i would take all of us minus jack so my three kids myself chocolate and her daughter somewhere for an overnight um to the oregon coast or to hood river oregon or down to this place called an um enchanted forest the enchanted Mm -hmm. forest anyway so anyway the last time they were out here which was 2018 um because then the kids uh her daughter was busy looking at colleges so she didn't come out her senior year but and then that thing called COVID happened um and uh so the last time they were out here I'm like why have we never gone to Seattle I'm like do you have any interest in going to Seattle she's like oh my gosh I've always wanted to go to Seattle she doesn't sound like that for the record um and uh (laughs) I don't I I don't imagine her too from everything that I've heard about her she does not yes yes yes. (laughs) or New York yeah um so um so then so we went up to seattle for two nights because it is three hours away and then they ended up flying out of there but so anyway so i sort of was flying under the radar i only told i i I told you i told dimity and maybe i told one other person and then i happened to mention it to our retreat coordinator melissa and turns out that melissa had tickets to john mayer in seattle the second night we were there and she and her husband were not going to come up and use them Oh, do I want them for free? Uh, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I mean, that is a hard ticket to get. Wow. Oh, oh my gosh. So, um, so, and I, before seeing him in concert at my, my party line was that I love John Mayer's music, but I don't like the man. Uh-huh. Um, and I've debated numerous times over the year to the, of going to his concerts, like to the point of going on, you know, the Ticketmaster or whatever and looking at and debating, oh, you know, do I need that good seat or that? And finally, I'm like, no, I just, uh, uh, uh-uh, not, not worth it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my gosh, so worth it and oh, so good. So that's good. So isn't that awesome when you unexpectedly go to a concert where you're like, eh, I don't really know what this is going to be like, and then it turns out to be an amazing experience. Oh, and to, I I adore when I know the the musician's body of work. I love concerts. Mm -hmm. Don't take me to a concert where I don't know the music. That's not my jam at all. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. so I'm a I I listen to John Mayer a lot while I work in particular. And uh, so, oh my gosh, and he put on such a good show and to be at a concert again was just fantastic. The energy and the vibe. Does he play his old stuff? Like your body is oh. wonderland that. Kinda... Oh, well, oh, definitely. I mean, so, okay. and, um, so I've learned thanks to Susan, shout out to that Bammer in Sacramento. Um, uh -huh. when she and I were both seeing Taylor Swift on the same tour, she was like, oh, you know, you can get their set list on Spotify before you go. And okay. I'm like, really? And so I um, saw what he was going to play and definitely a lot of his old stuff. And I didn't realize that um, I know some of his new stuff as well. So newer mm -hmm. stuff. So, oh my gosh. And he's also a phenomenal guitarist. Yeah. And he riffs and does these really long, you know, guitar solos or guitar things with, with you know, with another player, musician in his band. And they have cameras on it so you can see it all. And he brings out different guitars and the... Oh my god and i'm not a musician by any means but even i was just dazzled by well, i think i told you this that he travels with the grateful dead so they come <laughs> out here for like a three or four day set um at red rocks and so i've never been it's just that i guess back in college i listened to grateful dead but i haven't really since then years <laughs> later um but people were talking about how amazing he was oh. when he played with them so i oh, had yeah. no idea how good of a music musician he was until oh. you told me that oh fantastic and all right i might have changed my tune about him a little bit as a human being he has the most beautiful hair like just the whole time i'm like it, i just i just want to touch it I, I just want to touch his hair that's all i want to do and then excuse me and then he wears kind of like a crumply linen suit in a light color that's kind of his um even i knew that was kind of his look okay and, and he wears a t-shirt under it mm -hmm, of course with, you know i don't know something on the t-shirt and so partway through the set he takes the, the jacket off and suddenly i'm like oh maybe i'll touch the biceps instead of the hair <laughs> Chocolate and I look at each other at the end of one song. And we're like his arms. <laughs> you guys may or may not have tried to get backstage. After the <laughs> so it was just a great surprise, and and we had a really fantastic time in Seattle. And oh my gosh, so awesome! I will share this. I have forgotten to share this anecdote with you and Dimity. That so we had gotten there and we were. So starving and it was about 5 15 and we're walking down a major street in seattle and um we're walking past a bus stop and i hear someone under their breath say dimity and i'm like okay that's obviously you know, like a safe word um yeah. and so I, turn, word. I turn and i say hey i'm sarah actually and she was like i think her what's her name paula no carla what something and um so she's in love in the run you're with and Aww. she just loves it and she's you know seen times that she hasn't seen in so long she'd really kind of fallen off the running bandwagon and i mean and there and so i introduced her to my whole posse 
and my kids it i don't get recognized all that often but when it does happen nine times out of ten the kids are with me uh -huh. so i just you know can hear the eyes rolling in their head so, so, <laughs> so <laughs> um so it's very fun i'm like you've made my day this is so awesome and um the kids now insist that they weren't chagrin about me being recognized it was just that they were super hungry Oh, well, yeah, they're hangry. I, I get that. But I think it's, you know, you're like, yes, I actually, you know, people do know my name. They know my voice. I mean, you know, I didn't yeah. pay this woman on the street to come right. to come stop me. I think it's kind of cool. It was very fun. It was very, very fun. Yeah. 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 So, um, so you've had some fun times recently. Um, yeah. Well, you know, we are back in the swing of spring sports. I was talking to a, a mom the other night and I was like, I, love, hate them. I mean, we have, I have three kids and they are all in three different sports right now. And I mean, it's just every night it's kind of comical. I, I, I sign them up for everything. And then I just pray that it's all going to work out and they're actually going to be dropped off at the right place and picked up and carpooling isn't as easy as it I think once was just because I don't know, it just, it, it doesn't seem to work out all that often. So it's, it's just funny to me. I mean, I, I drive somewhere. I come back for five seconds. I start dinner. I drive somewhere. I come back. I like, you know, throw something in the oven. I mean, and Annie's now here by herself and she's nine. It's just, it's just funny, but I do love it despite running around everywhere. It is, it is a little crazy. And I'm hoping to add in my own, my own craziness to um, yes. this yeah. training or to the spring sports that I put my name in for the New York city lottery. And we find out today. today so today. what's kind of, what's crazy though. So my husband, Dan and I both put our names in and I put my name in once in 20. Remember you and I were sitting in the Cincinnati airport. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think that was 2018. Cause it was a year before I ran Chicago. Oh. So Dan yeah. this morning called me. He's like, did you get in? I was like, I don't think so. He's like, well, I was, he was checking our credit card for whatever reason. And there's a charge on there from the New York city marathon. Oh, so one charge. So, we, but we oh, don't know which one of us oh. got in. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Now wait, when did you, when did he see the charge? Like first thing this morning, he called, oh, okay. he had to go to work early. So he saw it at like seven 30. Oh, and so boy. I've been checking my email. He's been checking his email, checking spam. I'm like, did I send it to my, another mother runner account to maybe give me a leg up? It wasn't there. It's not my Gmail, like nothing. I didn't pull any AMR strings to get in. So oh, if well, he gets we, in we and don't... I don't get in, ugh. yeah, well, that's true. We don't have any strings. We don't have pull. strings. Uh, we don't have ropes that can get us into the New York City Marathon. That's true. That's true. Uh, so. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So I don't know. I almost think we have to make a wager or something. You I know, know. Which one of you gets in? Oh, I, boy. I oh. know. And, oh. and I think if he, if one of us gets in, I think possibly the other one would run for charity if that's still an oh. option. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, breast cancer is near and dear to my heart. So I, I would love to be able to do that. Um, so I think that that's the plan if, if we can still, still do that. But we'll see. Hopefully we'll know in the mm. next couple of hours. Oh boy. Okay. Well, you have to promise to text me. Yes, of course I will. Of course yeah. I will. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So just add on that training yes. to all of that spring nonsense and you know, so <laughs> it'll all be okay. <laughs> oh, very exciting. Very exciting. All right. Well, today we are talking about running after COVID. 
So, you know, hopefully the pandemic is moving into our rearview mirror um, for good. Um, who knows? But it's still crucial to hear about the experiences of other gals because, you know, as the numbers show, there still are people getting infected every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we did an episode like this back in the spring of 2020, <laughs> so a little preemptive, Seriously. Uh, I was like, wow, I found somebody who had COVID. That's amazing. What a find. Oh my gosh. Isn't it crazy to think two years later? I mean, oh yeah truly yeah yeah yeah. so so now we're talking with three quote-unquote real women they are real women i just mean they're not you know pros or something um about their experiences post-covid and well it's actually four katie because you fall into that category as well i do yeah um that was summer 2020 am i right on the july yeah exactly Mm -hmm. yeah so um so i hope that as we go along in this conversation you'll chime in about your recovery and and coming back from it And so we will talk to all these gals after this break. Stay with us. Sometimes grocery shopping makes me feel like a hunter-gatherer. No bow and arrow, but still going from one store to another to get everything on my list, especially with three hungry teens in my house. Thrive Market makes me feel properly 21st century. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. Thrive Market carries all of your favorite clean brands with everything from healthy pantry essentials to sustainable meat or seafood and more. The attractive, cleverly designed website lets you easily shop with filters such as keto, gluten-free, vegan, low sugar, and about 100 options to sort by. Your order is all delivered right to your door, meaning no running hither and yon. Each and every item is vetted by Thrive's high standards, so you get the highest quality products at the best price. And get this. If you find a price lower elsewhere, they'll even match it. Maybe it's the age of my kids, but we eat boatloads of snacks. My 16-year-old daughter adores Kind products, and Thrive Market has countless Kind bar options, from protein to healthy grain ones, all at a significant savings so we stock up and save. In our most recent Thrive Market order, we saved nearly $20 on Kind products alone and $63 overall. Join Thrive Market today. Get 40% off your first order and a free gift worth over $50 by joining today at thrivemarket.com slash AMR. That's 40% off your first order and a free gift worth more than $50 by going to T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash AMR. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Another Mother Runner. Before we jump back in, I've got a brilliant podcast to share with you, Why I Run. This high energy podcast celebrates the extraordinary and the everyday stories of running in the lead up to the global charity event, Wings for Life World Run on May 8, 2022, an event which gives 100% of all entry fees to spinal cord research with the hope of finding a cure for spinal cord injuries. Why I Run is hosted by TikTok sensation and mother runner, Aaron Azar, who you might remember as a guest on our show last fall, and Ayo Okinwalari, a world record-breaking swimmer. The spirited duo is going to be meeting guests from around the globe who share their passion for running as they discuss the many reasons why they run. The show promotes inclusivity in the space, unique personal experiences, and all the reasons why running can be fun. I definitely recommend you check out this podcast. You can find Why I Run wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to sign up for their Why I Run team online for the global charity event, Wings for Life World Run. Running and wine. If those are two of your favorite things, then the new Wineshine Half Marathon and 3.9 Miler is your dream event. The Wineshine Half Marathon and 3.9 Miler, organized by the nonprofit Napa Valley Marathon and Half Marathon, is a new summer race in California wine country. 
This inaugural race, which starts and finishes at the Silverado Resort and Spa, happens on July 16, 2022, and you want to be part of the fun. Wineshine is run along the famed Silverado Trail, now a paved road, flanked on either side by rolling hills covered with grapevines and wildflowers. When I lived in California, I ran part of the course, and it is truly breathtakingly beautiful. And you don't just get to look at the fruits of the vineyards. Every race participant gets a commemorative wine glass for unlimited post-race wine tastings, featuring 12 to 20 local wineries. That is a spectacular number of wines to taste. Half marathon entries also include a bottle of wine from race partner Revelshine. Cheers! Both general registration for both the half marathon and the 3.9 miler also includes a technical tank or t-shirt from Recover Brands made from recycled materials and a wine-themed medallion. And you can feel good about your participation. Proceeds from the Wineshine Half Marathon and 3.9 miler support Napa Firewise and the Napa Valley Farmworker Foundation. Mark your race calendar for July 16 in Napa Valley, California, and register today. Save $15 off registration with code AMR15 at wineshinehalfmarathon.org. That's code AMR15 at wineshinehalfmarathon.org for $15 off. Our first COVID guest, post-COVID guest, is Autumn Ball. She's a Tucson-based running coach and mother of two elementary school-age kids. Autumn tells us that she had a very mild case of COVID uh, more than three months ago, but now she's dealing with long-haul issues. So welcome, Autumn. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. Autumn, we always like to start the interview by you giving us a little bit of a background of your running background. Tell us kind of how you became a runner, when it was, and, and what how it's evolved over the years. Um, it is a very long story, so I'll try to <laughs> sit down. Maybe condensed. Yes. Yeah, I came to running later in life. Um, I started my health journey in 2009. I had um, weight loss surgery. I was about 300 pounds the day of surgery. And um, about five months into that journey, um, I was ready to change my fitness routine. Uh, things were getting a little easier. And my husband was a runner and my grandfather was a runner and I decided to give it a shot. Mm. And that's kind of how it all started. It was, so that was uh, just going into um, 2010. And I was a few months in when I found out I was pregnant with my first son and the doctors were a little concerned that my heart rate was still a little too high. I was just too much of a beginner. Um, so I took a step back until after he was born. And once he was born, then I started that, that was where I just kind of launched into all of my running. And uh, I became a coach, a, a volunteer coach about six years ago. And now I own the company that I was volunteering for my mentors and coaches retired. And now I get to be the owner and coach and lead people on their own health and wellness journey. Nice, nice, nice. So we have to spend a little bit more time on that remarkable, just amazing, laudable um, weight <laughs> loss. I mean, you, yeah. you um, I was looking at your website and you lost um, somewhere between 100 and 110 pounds. So can yeah. you can you talk about that and the surgery that you did? Yeah, the surgery I had was called, um, the technical name is a vertical sleeve gastrectomy. Most people know it as the sleeve. Mm. Um, they permanently remove about three quarters of your stomach. Mm. And to this day, it is still a tool that I use as part of my, my health journey. 
And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it depends on the time of year on what my total weight loss is right now with COVID it's about, uh, about 95 pounds. Um, hopefully in the summer, as things kind of start to warm up and I can get out more with my kids, that'll go back down to that 110 area. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so that that's the, the weight loss part. And I apologize. What was the second half of your question? Oh, just, you know, I mean, I assume that it wasn't just having part of your stomach taken out. I realize that helps a lot, but I mean, I assume you made some other changes. I absolutely did. I did take, um, I went through therapy uh, to really address the, the dependency on food and why I was using it as a coping mechanism. Uh, I became very involved in a support group for fellow surgery patients. Um, back then I, I felt like I was really, truly at the end of my rope. I didn't have a lot of education and a lot of tools. And now I feel as I've kind of progressed over the last 12 years, I, I have made myself smarter and I feel like I'm more of a resource now to um, other people that are getting ready to start on their journey. Um, it's definitely a tool now for portion control, but it, uh, it, it does pose its own challenges now that I am healthy and I'm trying to generally be an athlete. Um, but overall, probably one of the best decisions I ever made. Wow. Wow. You must be such an inspiration to other people. I mean, how has that kind of bled into your philosophy or guiding principle as a running coach now that you've taken over that business? My philosophy as a running coach, when it comes to overall weight loss is that, um, running can't be your only outlet. It can't be the only thing that you use for weight loss. It has to be mm-hmm. part of your journey. Um, I, I, I have clients who come to me and I, Oh, I want to run to lose weight. I'm like, Oh no, we can't. Nope. Nope. That's not <laughs> what running's about. We can't have it that way. Um, I'm really trying to have the clients look at what their bodies can do at all sizes. Um, you don't have to be a certain weight to be a runner. Um, even though I have lost, uh, you know, a hundred plus pounds, I am still considered a bigger runner. I am still a bigger girl. And I definitely try to teach my clients that it does not matter what type of body you have. All bodies can be a runner. There's safe ways to do it that make it gentler on the body. Um, you know, we really encourage walk run intervals, um, Mm -hmm. because of that, because we're so inclusive, um, ages, sizes, it, it doesn't matter. We, we really truly believe that running can be, um, a really key component in your health journey at, at any size that you're at. Mm. Amen to that. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a whole nother podcast at least right there. Um, I would love that. That would be amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, so, but this one's about COVID. So, you know, when did you have it? And tell us about your experience with the illness, including if you're able to exercise while you were sick and because we'll get to the lingering symptoms uh, a little further down the road. Okay. So I was diagnosed with COVID, um, the weekend before Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, my youngest son is special needs and attends school where mask wearing was very, very challenging for him and his fellow classmates. And he was the one who brought it home. Mm. And, um, I, he was, he was fairly ill and I didn't have a lot of symptoms. Um, very mild case, just a little bit of fatigue 
um, for about a week. I did not exercise simply because I was a caretaker. I was Mm -hmm. busy taking care of my children and making Mm -hmm. sure they were staying healthy. My oldest son did also end up getting it. Um, So for about a week, I I was just caring to them and making sure that they were okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a pretty mild case, um, but it sounds like you have lingering long haul issues. What are some of the things that you're dealing with? Um, sheer exhaustion. Um, okay. It, at like one 30 every day, I would need a nap. Like it, it just, you know, just doing normal daily activities. I would be completely exhausted and need to lay down for 30 to 40 minutes. Mm. Wow. That's, and that's still consistent, still happening. It is, it is getting better. Um, I have noticed in the last three to four weeks that, um, it's not an everyday nap now it's, uh, you know, once or twice a week seems to, to be the norm. So it, it is definitely getting better. Um, I have also been now diagnosed with, um, asthma, um, exercise induced asthma. So I am on an inhaler, uh, about 30 to 30 minutes before any strenuous activity, I have to use the inhaler. And does the doctor wow. think that's due to COVID? He does. Yeah. I have not had any other illnesses except for the COVID back in November. Wow. And you never had any signs of asthma before that, like as a nope. kid or anything. Wow. No. Wow. Does the inhaler seem to help when you're it, running? It absolutely does. Um, mm-hmm. As a, as a running coach, there's not a lot of information, you know, how do we work with clients that are post COVID? So I'm kind of my own little bit of a Guinea pig. And, um, I know that heart rate spikes and, um, blood clots are a big issue. So those were things that as I eased myself back into running, I really tried to pay attention to, and I didn't have those issues, but I felt like I just could not catch my breath no Mm -hmm. matter how slow I went or how, you know, small of my run walk intervals were. So I did go to my doctor and and they prescribed albuterol and I've been using that um, now for about a month and a half. Mm. Okay. Mm. So, and you said you've done some research. um, So with the, I realize you're not a doctor at all, but, um, but with the heart rate spikes, I mean, what, if someone's listening, they had COVID, I mean, what would that feel like? you know, what would be some of the signs of it? And is it say then, okay, slow to a walk, sit down, call someone. What, what, what have you found in your research? Uh, I have found that every single runner is different and Mm -hmm. that is Mm -hmm. not the, the great answer. Unfortunately, It, it makes it very, very challenging for all of us to, to understand what, what we are supposed to do to stay healthy and be safe. It's very, very hard. Um, but what consistently with runners that I have worked with and my pool of people that I have had an opportunity to talk to, they have found that even at what we would call conversation effort on a run, their heart rate was jumping up much higher than what it would have been pre COVID. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. you're, you're very low heart rate when you're just kind of cruising along on an easy paced run suddenly was, you know, 10 to 20 beats per minute higher, or excuse me, beats per second higher um, than it used to be. So I'm typically, you know, an average easy paced run at a, a 140. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I have runners that was jumping to 165, 170. Ooh. And, but as soon as they would walk, the recovery would be very quick. So mm. it's just seemed to be that little extra of exertion that was needed to run versus walk. It's, mm-hmm. 
-hmm. It's been interesting to to work with runners that that are post COVID that are also dealing with these long haulers. I bet. I bet. What are some other things that you've seen in, in the um, people that you coach or in your run group? Um, we've noticed a lot of like heavy leg feeling, um, oh. kind of like you, you don't even have the strength to really pick up your feet. Uh -huh. Um, I, I kind of equate it to that end of a race feeling when you just have nothing left and you can barely kind of shuffle run through uh -huh. Uh -huh. it's, it's been interesting. And it, it seems like as soon as you start, you feel like you, you're carrying cement blocks on your feet. So we've been really recommending our runners when it's just too much to work with um, their doctor and a physical therapist. We have quite a few physical therapists here in Tucson that are working with COVID patients to get them back to their daily routines. Wow. Wow. And do you have any sense of the runners that you coach or in your group? Have they said, you know, oh, they have me doing this exercise or they suggested this? They have really been focused on breath exercises. Like, mm, okay. I would, I would equate it similar to swimming where you're kind of holding your breath and you're focusing on really blowing the air out in a really slow, steady stream to try to rebuild that overall lung capacity. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hmm. You, um, I had COVID in the summer of 2020, so it's been a while for me, but these symptoms that you're mentioning, and I've definitely experienced over the, over the past couple of years when I run, um, do you recommend, I know that you're not a doctor, but to, for people who have suffered from COVID to just go get a baseline test from their doctor to determine whether or not they're experiencing long haul symptoms, but, you know, just to kind of make sure that everything is okay with their heart and their lungs before they start maybe a more serious training program. I absolutely do. I think that it's crucial. There's just so much that we don't know. And mm -hmm. I am a firm, firm believer in there's never any harm in knowing stuff. And if you at least <laughs> yeah. have the baseline numbers, um, then you can determine it. I think, I feel like it's easier to listen to your body. If you have that, this is what I normally feel like. And now this is new and, you know, keeping a journal, jotting notes, um, just having that open discussion with your doctor and, and advocating for yourself is really, it's so important because the only person who knows your body is you. Mm -hmm. And if something doesn't feel right, don't, don't wait. If, if someone else is saying, Oh, I think you're okay. But if you don't feel right, keep working and keep looking for those answers because there's just so much that we just don't know about COVID and what it's going to look like in the future and how it's going to affect our bodies long-term. Um, and, and every single person is different in how they react to this virus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's such great advice. Um, something that we all need to listen to and pay attention to. Do you have any races on your horizon or are you kind of taking it one day at a time as you recover? I am definitely taking it one day at a time. We um, here in Tucson, we have noticed a drastic decline in in-person races oh. um, that support all distances. We, we have a couple 5Ks here and there. We don't seem to have any 10Ks and any half marathons in the horizon locally. Wow. So we are putting on some virtual races for our running group as a celebration to the end of a training cycle. Um, so we have one on Saturday actually. And from there, we have a summer race that is a, an annual event here. It's a five miler called run with the roosters on in okay. July. Mm -hmm. uh, and we will be having a training group for that. So we'll have, um, a, a, we train for a 10 K, but the race is actually five miles. 
Okay. Good, cool. good. Well, good luck. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Autumn, thank you so much for sharing. My goodness. Um, you're fantastic. So thank you very much and, and, and take good care. I hope you continue making progress in your recovery. Will do. And thank you again so much for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Take care. Our next guest is Heather Howland, who hails from Holton, Maine. Yes, I want to say as many H's in that sentence as possible. Um, <laughs> Heather is a special ed teacher and the mother of a 12-year-old daughter and a 15-year-old son. She had COVID within the last two months and has had what she describes as, quote, a hard recovery. Um, thanks for coming on to share your experience, Heather. Hey, thanks for having me. Heather, tell us a little bit about your running journey, you know, kind of how you started and, and how it's evolved over the years. Well, in high school and stuff, I played soccer and in college, I'd run a few miles just to stay in shape, but I never really got hardcore into the races till the divorce hit. And I ran for therapy sort of mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. to escape. Don't and we so all? I, yeah, I found a running partner and that pretty much kept me alive for those years of divorce and custody battles. Mm, and it, I was living down in Southern Maine near Portland where there's lots of races and action and fun. And so just to keep us busy and to make sure we didn't quit running in the dead cold when it's negative zero, uh, below zero, we would sign up for races. So my mm -hmm. mom, would, my whole family's a running family, my sister-in-law, my mom, all my cousins. So we'd all meet for the Maine half marathon and do all our races together. So it was kind of like a family thing. And then I moved up here a few years ago and now I'm almost completely alone in the town as a runner. There's, I think three others that'll peek out every spring and I beg people to run with me. But as of now, <laughs> I, I, I go on Facebook and invite everyone every week. Someone please be a runner. I will train. Last week I offered to train pole to pole training and everyone thought I was crazy, but I said, no, you run telephone pole, walk telephone pole. I will train you, but no takers. I love that. Wow. And that must be a small town that you know how many runners. I mean, gosh, it's, I could I couldn't even tell you how many there are in, in my block practically. <laughs> well, when I lived in Portland, there's a boulevard and every time you run, there's people and smiles and animals. And then I moved back to my hometown and really, honestly, I have another good friend that runs and there's a man that wears a little 1980s sweatsuit he runs sometimes <laughs> I mean I really know there's, there's a few people I will admit though when I put out my post asking for a runner my daughter who's 12 has agreed and I bought her brand new sneakers that was kind of the deal and she has run with me once okay oh my gosh I sort of want to draw a cartoon about this like the people <laughs> like the people in your neighborhood you know <laughs> I'll send you a picture it's it's a yeah. quaint little town yeah it's you know there's gonna be a moose in my drawing and you know a <laughs> yes, lot of fir trees yes. and yeah 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 <laughs> you can put put a pile of snow until June okay oh okay <laughs> now if only I could draw but <laughs> um all right so it sounds like you had COVID pretty recently. So what was your experience with that like? And, and I'm assuming it was the Omicron variant? Yes. And I had had the shot and I had quite a reaction to that. Mm -hmm. Both of them knocked me out mentally and I couldn't run for days. So oh. I figured that maybe when I got the COVID, that sickness would be gone. But that was wishful thinking because I, I re, I'm training for a 10 miler April 24th. So mm -hmm. my last good run was I did five miles on, I think it was January 8th. And I could tell I was not feeling great. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And the next day I couldn't get out of bed, couldn't three cups of coffee. And I fell right back to sleep. Wow. So, oh um, all my coworkers, it's been flying through the school. Some said, you know, they felt like they got hit by a train for a day, but then they're back and another mm-hmm. couldn't move for two weeks. So it's, everyone's got something different, but mm-hmm. I figured since I'm healthy runner, you know, I might bounce back, mm-hmm. but nope, I was down on my couch useless for like eight days oh my gosh it was it wasn't pretty and i'm a single mom so like you really don't want to ask for help because you don't want someone catching your sickness so like my mom would drop food or drop oranges or something but we were kind of my daughter and son got it at the same time Mm. and it was one of those things as runners you might feel like anytime i'm sick i force out a run i'll medicate i'll suck it up this one I did not even care that I couldn't move. It it didn't even dawn on me to panic that I was losing my running stamina. Yeah, I guess that you wrote that in the Google form that I had um, potential guests fill out, and that just really hit home with me. That like I was like, wow, she must have been really sick to not even like you know oh gosh it looks the the mercury's climbing a little maybe I should get (laughs) out there. Oh, there's the sun. I should definitely get out there. Yeah. you know, we have in my little winter town, we had not seen the sun in days. And I remember it was a 45 degrees. Ooh. Normally it's, it's like two and uh-huh. all my friends know I'm very peppy and I run and I'm kind of, you know, probably ADHD wild woman. And they all were in shock that I was down for the first thing. And then the day the sun came out, I told my mom, I said, nothing has ever kept me from going out on a sunny day to run. It was, Mm -hmm. it's brutal. That's why I was like, when you guys put the thing up to do the podcast, I'm like, I wonder if anyone else was struck as hard as me because it was, I wasn't faking it. It was bad. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. I had it a couple of years ago and I definitely- there were a couple of days where I, I wasn't nearly as bad as you, but in the mornings I felt okay. Like I got outside for a walk, but then it was like clockwork, like two o'clock every day. I was like, oh gosh, I got to go lay down. I mean, I cannot, I just have zero energy. I mean, just completely depleted. It's such a strange feeling when I'm like you, whenever I feel sick or something, I'm like, I I'm going to run it out. I, it makes me feel better most of the time. Um, but that was not the case with COVID. Ugh, it just, it's harsh on people. It's harsh. And it sounds like you made it to like two o'clock. And I do know some of the teachers and they made it through the day. And I, I mm-hmm. tried, I, I sat up, I tried to drink my coffee and I, that low energy. I just, I mean, I binged Netflix and found a new favorite show, but <laughs> I sat day after day for hours. And I, I felt after a while kind of content doing it. I said, this kind of is a easier life than getting up and running with the snow. <laughs> I said, if this goes on any longer, I'm going to become a coach potato and celebrate it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that backslide is appealing. Um, have to oh. ask what's the, what have to ask what's the new favorite show? Love is blind. Oh, I haven't watched oh. that. Yeah. I, either. I never sit and watch TV because you got to do other things like boot camps and run and do fun <laughs> things. But I was stationed. I had my daughter there, so it couldn't be too risque. Uh-huh. And we popped on and we be- fell in love with the cast. We felt like we were a family by the end of that day. <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Well, that's good. You you made the best of it. Oh, yeah. Um, how, 
how has your experience been in resuming exercise post illness? Like how, you know, how did it feel going out for that first run and and subsequent ones? Well, it was quite brutal and depressing because Mm -hmm. I mean, right before the COVID I was up to seven happy miles Mm -hmm. and, uh, I knew I had to run 10 by April 24th. And after the COVID, I felt like a beginner again, where, um, sucking the wind every step. I almost felt like I had Velveeta wrapped around my lungs. Oh my God. Uh-huh. And I, <laughs> I mean, I felt kind of gross, but I even looked up online excessive phlegm and spitting, not to be gross, but <laughs> I just couldn't even go a step without having, I couldn't breathe. So I said, I looked it up and you know, the web is always scary. Mm-hmm. So I stopped looking, but uh, yeah, it's, I think I tried maybe a three miler and probably shouldn't even have done that. Everyone online said to go back gradually, but I don't do gradual. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, it was brutal, but you know, as runners were crazy and we like that. So I'd say <laughs> maybe the first week was bad, but second week I was about 50%. And now just yesterday I'm at about day 48 and I finally ran and wasn't miserable. Wow. Well, that's good. So you're on track to run the race in about a little less than a month. I hope so. I will not have, I will say my times aren't good at all, but I'm just happy to be able to run because when I got back off that couch, I couldn't lift the weights, you know, the stamina was gone. So Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone said, because my sister-in-law is a runner and she said it took about five weeks to get back to what she was at. And I kind of feel like it gives you hope because when you bounce back after that, it doesn't come back really quickly at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it sounds like the advice you'd give people is to take it slowly when they come back from COVID. Any, any other advice? Well, take it slowly for real. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell people to take it slowly. People tell me to take it slowly. My sister has it. And she, I said, really don't expect much from yourself. Just be happy it will come back, but don't get depressed. If that first workout, you feel like you're a day one runner again. Mm -hmm. And my advice is embrace the lazy because Uh, as uh runners, we we never get this chance to feel guilt-free and lay on the couch. So it's our only time that we can actually say we have a doctor's note to not go out and run. I tell you, that's the thing that's so hard. You know, I have this back injury, so I'm not running. So, and I'm, I'm swimming, so I, uh, but I don't do that every day, but I can't enjoy the days that I don't wake up until like seven o'clock, you know, because I'm, I miss it and I want to be out there and said, can I just, can somebody say, it's fine. You'll be out there by April 15th, Sarah, just enjoy that sleep in you got there. Um, just so <laughs> well, far. That's, that's why I said when I've been injured, I'm always like, I mean, one year I couldn't even walk, but I'd strap things on my feet and limp along and run. And oh, every other time people laughed at me in town because I'd have to get picked up because I'd be limping. <laughs> um, that's why I said this COVID is the first and only time that I actually embraced it because I had no energy. So that's, I guess we all as runners got to learn to listen to the body and we never do, mm-hmm. but maybe this is our big lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, good luck on that um, race you have next month and on um, keeping, uh, having more normal feeling runs, Heather. Thank you. Miss, Mr. Patrick Dempsey will not be at that run. <laughs> That's a, I didn't, th- she's 
Heather's referring to a picture that she sent. I you know ask um, guests to send pictures, and I'm like, wait, that's that's McDreamy or what, Doctor McDreamy, whatever you call that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a go to races. Like Dimity and I saw him. I want to say at a Zuma race or something. I don't know where did you where did you see him? Well, he is his family's from Lewiston, Maine, and oh. no one was there, but. His mom had breast cancer, so he started the Dempsey Challenge oh, maybe okay. 10 years ago, and now it's huge. I mean, they had more food trucks than any race in the world. Oh. Um, so he, I think the big kicker, honestly, is he shows up to the race and hugs any, he will wait <laughs> patiently all day and talk to you. So I know most of the women in my town aren't even runners, and <laughs> they've showed up for this race, and it's got, you have to raise quite a, quite a bit of money to get into it, and he's puts he's built a whole entire building um based on this uh cancer research and for his mom but needless to say i've run it a few times and i am the go-to person i hunt him down i have no embarrassment (laughs) and i have actually gotten multiple hugs i think he might not remember me but i pretend he does oh i I, I think think i want to sign up for that race (laughs) yeah it's it's also good to see somebody who uses their celebrity for such a force of good Yes. Right. It's a big highlight. Maine doesn't have many celebrities or action besides Stephen King and Patrick Dempsey. So <laughs> he put up raise and it's now packed. You have to raise a lot of money. Um, you have to go to Lewiston, which you know, I don't know if you'd ever want to go there. That's where that's where Bates College is, isn't it? Yes, it's over there. And it I'm not I shouldn't pick on Lewiston. It's I, it's yeah, cool. I, I looked at, I was going to look at, I grew up in Connecticut and I debated looking at Bates because it fit a lot of the, checked a lot of the boxes. I'm like, oh, it's way too far away. I'm not going to that college. Yeah. Drive, (laughs) drive four hours North. That's where we are. Oh my goodness. The the highway runs out of names and it's called T2R6. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Heather. Well, you are cracking me up. And, and if you put a thing on Facebook in my town, I would meet you up for a run. So (laughs) me too. Yeah. You have a bad back. You're supposed to be resting. I know. I will. I will keep resting. But uh, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us and uh, continued recovery. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Our final back from COVID runner is Deirdre Large. She lives in Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. She's a divorced mom of three 20-something kids, including, um, I know this from Facebook, a son with special needs. Uh, Deirdre contracted COVID very early on, March 2020, and struggled for quite a while with lingering fatigue. So welcome to the show, Deirdre, and I'm so glad we connected via Twitter. Thanks very much. Very excited to be here. Yeah, with your fancy setup, you tell us, (laughs) tell people about your setup and why you have it. (laughs) <laughs> well, my eldest son is a uh, is a club DJ, and he during the pandemic he did a lot of um, live stream nice. shows, and so he has very fancy schmancy equipment here. So, <laughs> do you go to some of his gigs in the clubs? I I have um, his latest one. I need to get out to, but um, yes, I have. It's lots of fun. I'm a huge oh, I'm very fan, cool. so it's it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. super cool. Um, so tell us a little about your running background. When did you start running and, and kind of how has it changed or evolved over the years? Um, I started in my early 40s. Um, as Sarah mentioned, my youngest son is disabled. And at the time, he was uh, sort of transitioning between a wheelchair and a walker. And so I was, you know, moving his mobility equipment a lot in and out of my van and carrying him around, that sort of thing. 
thought I was doing it well, but I ended up um, getting a bulging disc in my neck. And at the time, his physiotherapist said, you know, he's, he's doing well, but you're still going to need to assist him for the foreseeable future. Why don't you find an activity that you could do that would help your, your strength and your, especially your core stability. And I'd done a little bit of running in the past, not much, but I did have a treadmill and I thought, well, you know what, I can, I can do that. That's something I can jump on during my day. And so literally started, you know, 10 minutes a day on my treadmill in the basement. That's all I could do. Mm. But um, I did it every day for four months. And then I headed out on the road in the spring and absolutely loved it and never looked back. And um, at the beginning, it was really for the first couple of years, it was just just daily runs, 5K, 8K. And mm-hmm. then I finally started um, doing 5K races. And that just evolved. And I, I ended up meeting a group of women who had been doing marathons. And we call each other our running bullies because... <laughs> You know, they were like, hey, you run 5K races. You should probably train for a marathon. And so <laughs> nothing and, in between, just jump straight to a marathon. And so that year um, I joined them and, and trained for my first marathon. And then that just, it just kind of evolved into further distances and ultras and things like that. So, yeah. Where, where was your first marathon? Ottawa. 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 Cool. Yeah, I've done I've done eight, um, including New York, which is my favorite. Mm. Okay, yeah. and it sounds like you're volunteering at the Boston Marathon in a few weeks. Is that we the first are. time you've done? That? No, we did it. Uh, I did it in 2018 and 19, and we were slated okay. to do it in 2020, but of course, uh, we uh, that was canceled. So we're so excited! It's two weeks away, and we just can't wait. What do you do? Do you know what your job is or do you well, find out what it is when you arrive? The first two years we were in Hopkinton, we did, um, we picked up all the dis- discarded clothing mm. <laughs> Oh, sure. <laughs> in the athlete's village, um, which was fun. But this year we are at the finish line and we're giving out the blankets to the Oh, the wow. So yeah. that's going to be a whole other experience. Yeah. Get a lot Very of, grat- cool. get a lot of gratitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, I love, you won't see this question coming. I, I love asking guests about their tattoos and, uh, thanks to, <laughs> thanks to Instagram. I know you got the title of a popular Steve Winwood song on the inside of your left forearm, um, summer 2020. And that, um, from what I can see, you have musical notes on your right wrist. Who knows? Maybe you have other tats. Um, sh- share with us what those tattoos mean to you. Well, the one on my, uh, the, t- the, um, the musical notes, I, I am a, a huge music fan anyone who knows me knows that and it's um my three boys have g names garrett mm-hmm. griffin and Braden, <laughs> and so that those are actually three g notes mm. um on my wrist on that one uh-huh. that's so uh, cool so that's sort of combination of them and uh yeah and that's my awesome. love of music yeah uh while well, you see a chance um love that song love steve winwood and mm-hmm. um, it just, uh, it's just kind of the way I look at life, you know, mm-hmm. and certainly with running, you know, whatever scares the bleep out of you, you know, <laughs> just do it. And so that's why I wanted to put that one on, on my other arm. Nice. And yes, I do have hey. a third one. Uh-huh. 
And it's not in, not in a place perhaps that you show on Instagram. No, it's in uh -huh. my back. So yeah. Uh -huh. okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So COVID we'll get to the reason why you're on the podcast today. Um, it sounds like you were an early adopter. I mean, you were, uh, very early March, 2020 when you, when you got, when you were diagnosed with COVID. Um, so tell us a little bit about your experience with the illness. I mean, how just, you know, it must've been pretty scary to get it that early on when, when virtually nothing was known about the disease. Yeah, I was actually um, uh, two years ago, exactly this week. Um, mm. And it came on very suddenly, literally woke up one morning and uh, felt like I was hit by a truck. And mm -hmm. um, I had all the, the typical symptoms. I had uh, a fever that didn't break for 10 days. Wow. And I had... Um, really bad fatigue, uh, aches, uh, headache. I slept 10 to 12 hours a day, wow. my, the sheets of my bed every night, um, you know, lost eight pounds. So I was sick, um, for three weeks and I was off work for five. And, um, at the time, I'm not sure about the U S but certainly in Ontario and Canada, there was no testing, except if you were a healthcare professional, mm -hmm or a high risk were in hospital. And so I had to only deal with telehealth uh, over the phone with a nurse. And she basically, you know, sort of told me what to expect. And um, she was, she was dead on. I mean, I, I hit all the symptoms, you know, on schedule, <laughs> but it was very scary because it was things like, um, you know, so by day five, uh, you will probably start feeling the respiratory piece mm -hmm. and you know and it, you know so every day i'd wake up and what's going to happen now yes. um luckily for me uh i did i did feel it by day five six my chest was very heavy very tight and the coughing started but it didn't get much worse than that and i'm sure that's because i'm a runner mm. and mm -hmm. good lungs and i was in pretty good shape heading into getting sick um, but it was very scary because, um, my son, the DJ, he, his boss actually passed away mm. while I was sick. Oh my goodness. And he was the oh, first wow. one in our area to die from it. And we knew he was in hospital dying and he was only 42. Oh my goodness. So, oh my gosh. you know, you have all of this playing in your head. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah, so I, it was pretty bad. I mean, think, I think anyone who had it back then, it, you know, the symptoms were pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who did your sons take care of you while you were sick or were you? They I mean, did. How did you fare? Mm -hmm. They were good. And, uh, they watched, uh, you know, as I got a little bit better, they watched all the rom-coms with me and <laughs> my mood up and yeah, they were, they were very good. Oh, well, and I'm good. sure they were very nervous too. You know, I tried to, I had to sort of isolate as best I could in the house and, and I tried not to, to let on how really sick I was because I didn't want to worry them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Of course. So Deirdre, you told me on Twitter that you struggled with fatigue for almost a year, which sounds dreadful. So, yeah. so what was that like? Um, it, it was, uh, it's really hard to explain the type of fatigue. So I'm, 
I'm turning 56. And so at the same time, I had, you know, been dealing with menopause Mm -hmm. and already had been having issues with fatigue, but that was, you know, sleep disruption, the fatigue, that sort of thing. It wasn't Mm -hmm. that feeling. It was like a heaviness. Mm -hmm. Um, And in terms of, of running, it was just, it was just, I could only run for like a few minutes and then I would have to stop and walk, you know, because people were always asking me, well, you know, was it your lungs and was it your breathing? And, you know, and I said, no, it was just, it was this fatigue. It was kind of a little bit of the brain fog too, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it went on for, it was only until last summer, really, that I realized that I was over it. Mm. Um, yeah. And that was really the only the only lingering symptom for me. Okay. Okay. You, you also told me that, um, quote, that you're not back to the runner. I was marathons ultras, but allowed me to change my whole approach to running and fitness. So could you give us some more details about that change? Um, so during the, the rest of 2020, I, uh, in the summertime, I I started doing, I did some virtual runs just to, to try and, you know, like everybody was doing and just to try and keep my, my motivation up. But it was a lot of run walk. It was a lot more walk than run. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't run, you know, 5k consistently or even 3k. So, um, but I did, I did do them. And um, uh, the motivation was not there. Mm-hmm. for the road races. I, I just, I just, you know, it just didn't do anything for me. Running has always been uh, something joyful. And if the, the joy is there, you know, that's the motivation for me. And there was just, there was just no joy in, in mm-hmm. that kind of running. So I, um, I focused more before the pandemic, I had started getting more into trail running anyway. Okay. And uh, which is a great community. I love trail running community. And so I kind of turned my focus more to that and um, not necessarily races that in 2020, but, um, you know, getting out by myself or, or hiking with a friend or kind of thing. And, uh, and then last year, um, actually getting back into uh, races, I did three um, pretty significant races trail races and um really just kind of stepped away from from road riding Mm. and um not even really going out on the road um for a run um did more uh i have a lovely dog her name is stevie nicks and i walk her all the time (laughs) that Uh so a lot more walking and she and a lot more getting away and doing hikes uh on my own and she comes with me so i was doing a lot more of that and then um, we call it training for the trail running, but it, you know, it's really just lovely hikes and runs. Um, we have a lot of great trails locally. So doing that with friends mm-hmm. uh, and then participating in the, the actual trail races. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going forward, I, I hate to say never say never, but I don't, I don't know if I would ever do mm. um, another road marathon. I, I could probably see myself doing some 5k races, but, um, just really like the whole idea of, of the trails. 
And I also joined the gym with my youngest son and um, hadn't done that in like 30 years. So, Mm -hmm. you know, doing the treadmill and working with weights uh, at the gym. Um, Really like that. I bought a kayak in the fall. So I'm looking forward to doing that in the summer. So just it really changed, uh, you know, what I like to do in running or what brings me joy in terms of physical activity in general and and uh, and my running. Mm-hmm. Cause if it doesn't bring you joy, you know, why do it? Right. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it really should make you happy. I run with my dog. So I have to ask what type of dog do you have? Well, I really liked that. I, I just adopted her from a local farm and um, uh-huh. she's got about seven different breeds in her, but she, <laughs> um, she, she has Bernese mountain dog in her and, and, uh, Aww. which those aren't usually runners. I mean, lab, it must be a, and she's huge. She's like, She's 103 pounds. So, whoa, she, she, I wouldn't say she runs. I tried running with her early on, uh-huh. um, but she stops every couple of seconds to smell things. And, um, <laughs> sure. but she's a great hiker. She will, she will hike, you know, two, three hours with me in the trails. So I'm very lucky. I love that. Yeah. She's so do you have, I mean, I know you said you never say never, but there's probably not going to be a road race on your horizon, but do you have any other trail races scheduled for this year or possibly a 5k? I do. I have, um, I have a 20 K trail race coming up the end of May, um, okay. before, and then, um, in the summer, uh, we're doing one that it's a timed trail. So we're doing the six hour one. So basically you run as far as you can. And last okay. Uh, the last one time I did that, we did, we were able to do 33 wow. kilometers. Um, mm-hmm. And then in September, I have a really challenging 30 K one in one of our provincial parks, um, very technical and uh, uh, big elevation gain and things like that. So um, that's going to be a big challenge for sure. Wow. Well, good yeah. luck to you and all of those Thank endeavors. You. That's impressive. Yeah. That's very exciting. Well, I'm so glad that we, uh, like I said, so glad we connected on Twitter and thanks for sharing your story with us. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Great. And take care. Have, yeah. And have fun at Boston. Oh yes, for sure. Thanks. So fun. Thanks yeah. guys. Bye Deirdre. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. I, I have to say Katie, uh, my takeaway from this is I am still going to remain vigilant and, you know, you think like, oh, I'll just get a little sick with COVID. Like those lingering symptoms, that is not what I am looking for. Well, right. I mean, the fatigue, you know, not that that would be easy for anyone, but for people who are as active as we all are as runners, Mm -hmm. it is. I mean, I was only out for a couple of days and maybe it's because my whole family was home too, but you know, I, we all use running as, as a means of therapy and to get Mm -hmm. outside and to clear your head and to not be able to do that is Mm -hmm. just such a toll on you physically, but way more mentally. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful that I did not have those lingering effects because that would be very difficult. So I, I don't blame you for being vigilant and, and staying away from it. Yeah, yeah. Whew. All right. Well, we have some new merch in our store and we're bringing more in, including some the buff that we had people vote on last week in our newsletter. We're uh, going to be taking some votes on some um, mere um, kind of camp style insulated cups that are just utterly so cute. Um, mm-hmm. so, but the thing that's in there now that I want people to rush over and buy um, so they can proclaim themselves and another mother runner is our new stacked another mother runner tea. It's on um, 
uh, heathered blue background with really great kind of ombre of uh, kind of a peachy corally color going to um, kind of a bright tomato into a periwinkle blue. Sounds a little um, conflicted. It is so gorgeous. I wear mine all the time. It's what we wore at the retreat. I got to get you one, Katie. Now, as I say this. I was this, just going to say, I got to order one. <laughs> yeah, I think I might know where you can get one. Um, so so people can order one. If they if they don't have an in like maybe Katie does, uh, you go to <laughs> you go to anothermotherrunner.com and you click on store. If you want, you can go straight to dropping down to lifestyle tees. In the drop-down menu, again, go to anothermotherrunner.com. You'll find merch as well as many, many great things there. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Music.